What's happening, Rerun Nation? Welcome to another sales meeting. Hope you are coming off of a chaotically successful weekend with all the fun and the madness that this industry can throw at you. And uh, I don't know, maybe a few new contacts and a couple deals under contract just to put a little icing on the cake, right? Super excited to be spending some time with you. I feel like there's been a lot of obligatory you know, podcast episodes and, and YouTube uh, videos made and, and, you know, blog posts and even Facebook posts about the fact that Facebook went down a couple of times actually in the past week and kind of addressing the freak out moment there. But I got to tell you, I feel like there's a lot missing. I feel like we're still not talking about one of the most important things we're all overlooking like this one big thing about social media and, you know, sure, did Facebook lose a bunch of users to other platforms? Yeah, sure. But were they really dramatically impacted? Well, not in the grand scheme of things, right? And everything's back up and running now. So the world is happy. We bitched about the fact that it was down just a couple of days ago. We've all moved on with our life. But I want to point something out that I think most people are still missing, particularly real estate agents. Because our businesses in so many ways rely on it. And you might say, James, what are you like in your late 30s or something, you old geezer? What the hell is Facebook? Well, listen, if you're a youngin or somebody that just prefers a different social media platform, that's fine. The advice applies exactly the same. I'm just using Facebook as an example because the fact that they went out has been a lot in the headlines lately. So, yes, we are making our, I am making my my statement or my post about how I feel about Facebook going down. But I'm hoping to attack this from an angle that perhaps will alter your perspective a little bit and get you thinking differently about the problem and the way that you approach your audience. So God forbid the wires come disconnected yet again. You don't have to have the freak out moment that so many did when they were like, oh my gosh, what in God's great name do I do? Where do I go? How do I do this now? So first and foremost, let me start off by reminding you, just in case you didn't already know, Facebook is free. Uh, yeah, that's great. And again, it's free. F-R-E-E. -E. Remember the beauty in having access to the free. But don't take it for granted because it can be gone instantly. There's so many different things at play. Sure, it was started by a human being, but that human being and the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that are there working on mathematical equations and algorithms and security and filtering mechanisms and all the different things that go into creating a social media network that allows you to see content that is curated in their opinion or in the bot's opinion of what's best for you, that is is happening with your content as well. I'm not trying to make this political. Please don't go there. My point is there's so many different things on this free thing that you don't necessarily have control over either. Not to forget about one of the most important, you don't get to pick when it's unplugged. But you do get to pick how you engage with your audience even when you're not online. And this, my friends, is what I think has been overlooked so much how we've chosen to leverage our time and our energy with our networks through social media and have forgotten to leverage that network and leverage our 
the meaning in our relationships outside of social media. One, one could question, are we over-leveraging one source? Are we under-leveraging what we have access to? Or perhaps is it just that we've misleveraged it? You've probably heard me say before that automation is a great way to put yourself out of business, right? So many agents automate themselves right out of business because God forbid somebody's not ready to transact immediately. We oftentimes put someone on an automated drip campaign. We set them up and we leave them for dead. And we just hope that our email or our message or whatever it is gets in front of them at the exact right time, right? And then maybe we have a chance to interview and and get a transaction done, right? But the problem is I think we oftentimes forget, I think we oftentimes forget the fact that the automation and some of the technology we have access to isn't designed to replace us as human beings. It's designed to enhance. It's not designed to replace our communication. It's designed to enhance our communication. It's designed to bias time in between our actual human one-on-one communications with one another. It's designed as an opportunity to keep up with people and feel like that long lost person that you haven't talked to in a decade, you could actually pick up where you left off because you've been able to, I don't want to say spy, but you've been able to keep track of what's going on in their life. All of a sudden they post something. You're like, man, I can't believe they went on that vacation. I was there just last year. How funny. We were there just a month apart from each other. I'm going to reach out to them and see how it is. How cool is that? That that post now became the icebreaker to a conversation but also a reminder that we have a responsibility to be keeping in contact with the networks and the groups and the the sphere, if you will, that we've created or are continuing to create through social media. You know, when you, when you have a, a phone, and I can only imagine that if you're listening to this that you have one, but when, you, when you've got a phone, you're told to back it up, right? And it used to be back in the days when it was just the flip phones and all that stuff. It was like you, you, all you were doing when you backed up a phone was making sure you had a copy, a hard copy of your contact somewhere or a spreadsheet of your contact somewhere, right? But now when we back up our phones, we're backing up apps, we're backing up messages and voicemails and communications and, and settings and passwords and all kinds of shit, right? And that's all great. But we always are backing up our phones. When's the last time you backed up your phone? It, by the way, this could be a very friendly reminder to some of you who have not done this in a while. Please make sure you back up your phones <laughs> so that you have a, a copy of that. God forbid you drop it in the toilet and it's not actually waterproof or you crack the screen or somebody steals it or hacks it and you lose everything. It'd be pretty devastating if you didn't have access to all those phone numbers, right? Because I bet you don't remember them all anymore because we're not in that world, right? And so we back up our phones, but what are we doing to back up our social media? What are we doing to back up our relationships? And that, my friends, is where I think we really missed the boat. The Facebook outage proved one major thing to everybody who freaked out. If you're one of the people who freaked out, and I had a little freak out too, so this was a good reminder to me, but everybody who freaked out about Facebook going down a couple of times or has ever freaked out about any disruption on any other social network, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn or anything else for that matter. Anybody who's ever freaked out about an outage, in this case about Facebook, the the outage proves one major thing, that too many people don't have good contact 
with their audiences. Let me say it again. It proved one major thing that too many people don't have good contact with their audiences. If the only way that you can reach people is through Facebook, then you've got to work on your relationships. See, the outage exposed how few people actually talk outside of social media. Inconvenient? Sure. Deadly? Maybe if you're not backing up your relationships. The problem is, is that we get too ingrained in these and we get too invested in one specific thing. It's kind of like putting all your eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden you drop the damn basket and you've got nothing. You've lost everything. I'm not saying that social media doesn't uh, doesn't invite and shouldn't invite your investment of time and in some cases substantial money from those of us who choose to uh, put put some of that <laughs> into the advertising space. Okay, I do a lot of digital advertising to very very hyper and specifically targeted folks, right? But it's important to recognize that that investment can't only be to get somebody into your social media network, your online group, and then let them live only there. See, one thing that I've made it a point to do, and to my own admission, uh, it's something I could definitely continue doing better because like you, I'm always growing. I'm always looking to level up and get to the next place. But one thing that I recognize that I can do even better than I'm doing already because I do leverage social media in this way is to create an opportunity to get contact information for the folks that I meet online. So if online disappears and I have to go offline, I can still find them. I still have a way to get in front of that person. Emails, phone numbers, mailing addresses, all of these things are great ways to be able to stay in front of people, cross-referencing with different social media platforms because people use them differently. If Facebook goes down and LinkedIn is still up, wouldn't it be nice that you can just move there and still have access? I know we're talking in that case, maybe some different audiences, but that, cross, that cross-referencing is important. But here's the big highlight to just reiterate and maybe say it a different way. I mentioned that too many people don't have good contact with their audience, right? I mentioned that too many people only know how to reach out to other folks directly through Facebook or through social media, and that's dangerous. What are you doing to add value to people offline? I want to invite you to look at your sphere, to look at your audience, to look at your group of people. Like I have a group of real estate agents. If you're in my Real Estate Raw Facebook group, you know. If you get emails from me periodically, you know. And I don't abuse it. I try to make sure that I'm only sending stuff out that's valuable, whether it's motivational, whether it's a notice about a new podcast episode for you to check out, whether it's to tell you about a cool new thing that I discovered, and sometimes to let you know about a new product release that we've got, whatever it may be. But I have ways that I communicate and keep in touch with my audience that I have on Facebook off of Facebook. It's why I make an effort to go hand-to-hand combat and communicate with people in my group one-on-one so that I can earn trust, 
I can build trust, excuse me, build rapport. I can earn their trust. And I can hopefully take that relationship offline as well, where what they see online enhances the conversations that we have offline. Because when I don't have the chance or they don't have the chance to get on the phone or to to let me get in front of them all the time one-on-one, they're still seeing messages that I'm putting out for the masses, but it gives us a talking point when we get offline. I put stuff out there hoping that people will also reach out to me. Awesome. I put podcasts out. People reach out. Dude, enjoyed the show. Hey, I had a follow-up question to something you mentioned. These types of things are what enhance our relationships with folks. And I think too often what we're doing is we're so reliant online, right? Facebook has become our, our, our contact list on our phone. Facebook has become, or social media has become like the dominant source of communication. It has to be an enhancement to the dominant source of communication. Because people, if you didn't know this, through this pandemic that, I don't know if we're coming out of it or staying in it or what the hell's going on. It's all still a damn shit show out there. But regardless, what we found out early on in this pandemic is how quickly people starve for physical contact, for human touch, for that face-to-face communication. To I, I have grown closer to some of my already close friends, and I've grown close to people that I hardly had a relationship with because we were starving for communication, starving for contact, and relationship building. So we found ways to do that differently. Did we leverage social media a little bit? Sure. But did we well check each other on the phone? Did we start group messages? Did we find other ways to reach out and to stay in touch on a more personal level? Absolutely. People, Facebook or social media in general can be very personal, but nothing is as personal as you reaching out one-on-one. A like on Facebook is a hell of a lot different than a phone call. A happy birthday on Facebook is a hell of a lot different than picking up the phone or dropping something off at someone's house or shooting them even a text message that's like, yo, I'm going to send this to you privately because I don't care that everybody sees it or doesn't see it. This is just for you with a special message that's personalized just for you. I think that we found big time through the outages on social media how many people are over-reliant on social media because they're misleveraging its capabilities. We get comfortable and complacent with the idea that what we have access to for free will just kind of always be there. It's kind of like having an emergency plan. Think of this, like my wife and I have an emergency plan. So in California, there's earthquakes and there's fires and, uh, you know, there's all, there's different stuff that happens in different parts of the country or the world and, and, uh, you know, natural disasters that could leave you vulnerable. Right. And so my wife and I have to have plans because we're in an area that, um, we're kind of in an area that if if there was a big earthquake that compromised infrastructure, like uh, there, there's everywhere that we, for the most part, almost everywhere that we would be able to exit the area that we live in, you get to by way of bridge. 
And so if that creates kind of a clogged artery to get out of the area in the event there was a natural disaster, we'd have a problem. But also there's bridges that separate us from some of our family members or people that we're close to. And some people that we depend on are people that depend on us. So we have a plan, right? Hey, if something ever happens, if for some reason the cell phones go down or there's an earthquake or a fire and, you know, whatever, here's our plan on checking in with each other. This is our backup plan. We are supposed to go to a certain location by a certain time. And if we don't, we have another backup plan and we take, right? So the thing I want you to be thinking about is what is it that you have in store, in place as a backup plan? What is it that you, what is it that you've done to make sure that your relationships are backed up offline? Are you leveraging social media to open doors to conversations? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that they that that Facebook notified me of a birthday. Are you the person that's doing a quick HBD? Or are you saying, damn, I haven't talked to that person in a long time. I'm going to pick up the phone and be like, yo, it's been a minute. Or I'm going to send them a private message and be like, hey, it's been a long time since we've caught up and I haven't talked to you in forever in a day. And I'm so terribly embarrassed to say I don't even have your damn phone number anymore. But can I get your number? Because I want to call you. I want to wish you a happy birthday. I want to say what's up. This is what happens to too many. Oh, we have a great Facebook group. I have a great Facebook group, but Facebook is not the only place that I engage with my Facebook group because I've backed it up by making sure that I have the ability to communicate with that group by way of other resources, whether it's a texting community or email or by way of phone call. A lot of folks I have mailing addresses for. I have different ways that I can reach out. How are you staying in contact outside of Facebook? If you felt vulnerable, if you felt like holy shit when everything came undone for even just a few hours, if you felt like exposed during that time, I want you to think about how you can start leveraging social media to back, to back up all of the contacts on there and encourage you to start asking questions that don't lead to shallow answers, but lead to contact information so that you can keep up with folks in a different way. Because when social media goes down and you don't have access to all those folks, you can't do that pinned post in your Facebook group. You can't tag all those people. It would be really helpful to make sure that you still have the ability to reach out. Now, my business didn't go under because Facebook went out. And thank God, if Facebook ever did go out or LinkedIn and all the things went out, guess what I know? I know that I can still reach people by walking down the street. I know that I can still target an audience specific with each address that I can find just by opening my eyes and looking out my window and getting the address of the houses on the road I live on, right? But building a relationship with those people is different. And I think that's what's happening on Facebook. That's what's happening on social media. We're we are taking for granted the access that we have to it for free, and we're forgetting that our relationships also have to live outside of that social uh, and digital world, more importantly. Our relationships have to live outside of that digital world as well. You have to be backing up those relationships with real, live, one-on-one, -on -one, hand hand-to-hand combat, meaningful conversation, meaningful discussion, meaningful relationships. 
And that, my friends, is when social media going down is not going to be a negative impact on you because you will have all of those relationships backed up by actually you, the person. All right, listen, if you're enjoying the show, please make sure that you leave a five-star review and write us up something nice. Let me know what your biggest takeaway is. Heck, you can also, after that, even shoot me an email and ask me a follow-up question or, uh, or, or tell me other stuff that you want to talk about that you want me to jump into and dissect for you. I really enjoy this. It's fun. I get to meet so many of you through this uh, podcast and, and through Reraw in general. It's just been a real blessing. So please make sure uh, that you go give us a positive review. It's one of the best ways that you can support us. And then cruise over to reraw.com and you can see all the other cool stuff that uh, that we've created that you can have uh, that, I don't know, you can pick through and give yourself access to if you want it, all right? That's what I got for you today. Go out there, kick some ass, and remember something. Real agents work. Make sure you're one of them.